Hey everybody, welcome to Liquid Church Online. So happy you're here with us today. I'm Pastor Tim, and it's an honor to come into your living room. Hey, you may be streaming us on your laptop, your phone, Facebook Live. Welcome one and all. I want to start by thanking all of you who are pitching in to help serve. Uh, As a church, we have a heart to help our neighbors in need during this pandemic, and I have good news to report. This week, you distributed over 600 emergency relief kits uh, to widows, senior citizens, single moms, hard-hit families. And can I just tell you, they were so grateful, guys, to receive that emergency food, cereal, spaghetti, hard-to-find items like sanitizers and toilet paper. And our team actually distributed over 600 relief kits to 15 different counties across the state. Uh, We were also able to share some of our relief supplies Um, with our sister ministries like New York City Relief Bus. We're able to give them some snack packs for homeless brothers and sisters on the streets of Patterson and Newark, which are hot zones. And we've now distributed over 20,000 pounds of relief supplies. So our team is really excited. We are actually working hard to order more. We want to get another tractor trailer here to replenish us. So it's amazing. Uh, Your church warehouse has truly been turned into, I think, Joseph's storehouse, um, where people in need are coming to find hope. In fact, on Friday, uh, we were blessed to host a community food bank in the parking lot of our broadcast campus. Um, The mayor asked us to do that. We had lines of people and cars waiting to get food. And now our church is an essential emergency services site. So I'm just thrilled to see our church swing into action, even when we can't be together in person. Hey, I also want to thank those of you who volunteered to deliver and drive groceries and medication to people who are shut in or sheltering in place. We actually have an army of 500 mobile missionaries signing up to deliver hope right to people's doorsteps. What they're doing is they're delivering groceries and prescription medication for people who are shut in during the pandemic. Um, People like senior citizens uh, who are afraid to go out or maybe a family who's sick or quarantined can't leave the home. We're gonna deliver it right to their doorstep. And guys, our goal is very simple. We wanna spread hope Faster than COVID-19. Amen? Say amen if you, if you agree in the chat. I just want to thank everybody who's helping and giving generously to support families in crisis. Now, if you want to get help or give help, I'm going to remind you, you can just go to our website, liquidchurch.com relief. You just click get help. You'll see all the resources we're offering there, or you can give help. And they're not just physical resources. There is emotional support too. You can talk to a live pastor or request prayer. I want you to know we are here for you. Now, here in New Jersey, we're entering week five of our statewide stay-at-home order. And uh, I'll be honest when they said stay at home and you can work from home. When I heard that phrase, work from home, I was like, oh man, golden man, this is going to be relaxing. Reality check, (laughs) working from home is exhausting. Does anybody else feel like fried from being home all day? It's like Groundhog Day. You wake up and do the same thing. You know, you, you fight the kids to get up and grab a quick breakfast and then you get dressed for work or not. I mean, these are big choices nowadays. Do I wear my gray sweatpants or the Navy today? <laughs> you get the kids settled into the homeschooling routine, which by the way, the homeschooling thing, we actually had a hiccup uh, it, with homeschooling this week in our home. Um, two of the students were acting up and then the teacher threatened the kids 
And so I just suspended my wife and both our children. <laughs> After school, right, it's kind of like on to work. It's like open the laptop and you like put your earphones, you plug into Zoom with your head. It's like plugging into the matrix, you know? It's like back to back to back Zoom calls for six hours straight. It's exhausting. And plus, I don't know about this, you, but I, you have to be careful with Zoom. I just want to warn you. Um, it's very convenient to work from home. Uh, but this week I saw a Zoom meeting that went south. Did you see this? Enjoy. Goodbye. All right. Talk to you guys Bye. tomorrow. Bye. See you guys. <laughs> Tony! Tony! Can you hear us? Tony! Oh, no. <laughs> Jen, call him. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I Hold on, I'm going to text a couple of pictures of that. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh boy. What's up? Tony, I can see you. We can all there. see you. <laughs> You know, when you're meeting online with coworkers, it's convenient, but very important to wear pants. Okay, that's our first biblical principle today. Wear pants. What what do we do without Zoom, right? You gotta you work from home, then you gotta eat from home. And um, by the way, during this quarantine, our family uh, discovered this new restaurant. It's called the Kitchen. Um, it's very cool. You actually gather the ingredients and you make your own meal. I, I don't think it's gonna stay in business. Uh, I'm convinced. I, I'm like, half of, the, half of us are going to come out of this quarantine as amazing cooks, and the other half are going to come out with a drinking problem. <laughs> right? Then it's like after dinner, it's like, back on Zoom, more work, calls, email, and then you go to bed, and you wake up and do it all over again. It's like Groundhog Day. I don't know about you, but the days for me are starting to blur together. In fact, this is how my calendar looks right now. There's no more Monday, Wednesday. It's just like day, 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 day day. Well, guys, we're almost there. I shouldn't say that. I mean, our governor said stay at home is likely going to last through May. So it may be June or July until we return to some semblance of normal, which means we've got another four to six weeks of this at the minimum. So just reality check, guys, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And can I be real? Um, as your pastor, I'm just concerned for some of you. Uh, I've been talking to so many people who are starting to just feel tired feel exhausted. They're just like losing steam, losing hope. And I just want to let you know, we are here for you. Um, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. We want to help you today. So I invited a special guest to join me today, Pastor Karen Shannon, who is our discipleship pastor. Karen is also a trained counselor. So Pastor Karen, come on out and stay six feet away from me. <laughs> Tell me what you're seeing. Thanks so much. It's great to be with you guys. I think, Pastor Tim, I get it. I am with you. The days are definitely starting to blur together. You know, as you said, the intensity of our lives right now feel a little overwhelming, especially if we're not careful. I've, I've seen that some of the issues we've had before the crisis are starting to be magnified in this crucible of a quarantine. Just on one day this week, I spoke to a single woman. She was laid off from her job. She lives alone. She has no family or friends nearby. She struggles with severe anxiety and said that she was on the ledge. She couldn't see why she should come down from it. 
And then after that, I spoke to a man very discouraged in his marriage. Uh, before this started, but now they're all miserable. He and his wife had relational difficulties, and now the pressure of being together 24-7, you add a couple grumpy teams to that, uh, teens to that, and it's all difficult. You know, Tim, as you mentioned, the demands on all of us are overwhelming if we're not careful. You know, I know myself, I hit the ground running in the first couple of weeks of this, but I quickly realized this is a marathon, not a sprint. And I had to make some changes right away so I could stay healthy for my family, serve God, and love others well during the crisis. You know, recently I listened to a talk by Tim Keller. He's the former pastor of Redeemer Church in New York City. He was talking about his experience during the 9-11 crisis, which was also very traumatic for our region. He spoke to a pastor from Oklahoma City. There was a bombing of a federal building there in 95. This pastor warned Tim Keller to take care for his congregations, his first responders, the pastors, healthcare professionals, and others during that crisis. The pastor warned Tim Keller. He said, look, you're all gonna survive short term. You're all gonna power through, but watch out for the long-term impact of the crisis. Because you know what? 24 months later, we experienced people struggling with depression, anxiety, and burnout. It was the emotional fallout after the crisis that no one expected. Keller said he wished he had listened, but he didn't. And he saw the same thing happen all around him during 9-11. Guys, we have to pay attention during this crisis. If we're not careful, we're going to experience mental, emotional, spiritual breakdowns down the road. So the question is, how do we avoid all this? Well, I'm glad you asked. You know, how many of you guys have ever flown on this thing called an airplane? Do you guys, have you ever seen one of these? It's like this long metal tube that used to fly through the sky. You guys remember that? I remember being a kid and at the beginning of the flight, right, the flight attendant stands up front and goes over the safety instructions, right? In case of turbulence, you know, keep your seatbelt fastened. If the cabin depressurizes, though, they say an oxygen mask will drop down from the ceiling. And you remember what they say? They always say, please put your mask on first before you help small children or others who need assistance. And I think that's significant. Put on your own mask first. It makes sense. As a parent, right, my first instinct in a crisis is like, I want to help those around me. But the point is, you get so focused on caring for others, you will neglect caring for yourself, and you pass out during the process. That's why they say, put on your mask first. Because if you're unconscious, you're not going to be able to help anybody. So it's not being selfish. In a crisis, the key to helping others is to actually make sure that you are healthy. Well, the same thing holds true in this COVID crisis. Guys, you can't pour out of an empty cup. So you have to refill your cup spiritually before you pour into others. Today, Pastor Karen and I, we just want to share a message we're calling, Put On Your Mask First. Can you type that? My mask goes on first. And I want to teach you how to care for your soul in a crisis. Because guys, we are in a national emergency and the masks, I think, have fallen down across our nation. We're all putting masks on. I've, I think you'd agree, like this crisis, it's like, it's impacting all of us. I mean, it's impacting moms and dads, right? People who are working from home. People who don't have a job. They're home, but they've lost jobs. They've been furloughed. It's impacting students, um, you know, who are missing their friends, attending classes online, or just cooped up in the house. My daughter's a senior, uh, you know, in high school. And so as a senior, she is mourning some of those rites of passage. Like, you know, I, I don't know that I'm going to have a prom or a senior trip or, or graduation. Maybe you're home, you have littles in the house, and you're juggling, you know, working, babysitting, cooking. Every day's a battle. And I get it. You're in survival mode at this point. 
We try to survive Monday through Friday, but here's the reality. If you let your soul become depleted, you'll be no good to anyone else. You have to put on your own mask first. I want to show you something cool in scripture. Um, I've been camping out in the Psalms. Psalms are very helpful in a time of crisis. And we're all familiar with Psalm 23. Um, famous words, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. You know, Jesus, of course, he's our good shepherd. And in other words, God's saying, hey, you lack nothing. I've given you everything you need, not just to survive, but to thrive in the crisis. But I saw something I'd never seen before in verse two. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And notice it says that God makes me lie down. And I was like, wait a minute, this is like an involuntary isolation. I want you to lay down and stay where you are. And we don't like that. In a lot of ways, guys, this kind of shelter in place or stay at home order, it's making us lie down. It's like enforced isolation. But I want to reframe that for some of you. What if you stopped resenting being stuck at home and see this as an invitation from Jesus himself, the lover of your soul? Jesus saying, I want you to slow down. I want you to relax and just stop all the busyness. There's nowhere to go, nowhere to shop, no games, sports to rush to. And God's saying, I think, do I have your attention now? Good, because I want to feed you. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And what's the result? He refreshes my soul. Guys, this quarantine can be a divine invitation from Jesus to restore your soul. In other words, spiritual renewal and emotional health are possible. You don't just have to like, you know, grit your teeth and kind of muscle through to survive. You can actually flourish right where you are at your home and your apartment or your condo. But notice the sheep got to co cooperate with the shepherd. You have to let the Holy Spirit lead you. It says, he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. And so Pastor Karen and I want to share six steps to care for your soul in this crisis. So that when you emerge in four weeks or four months, you won't look like this guy. I saw this guy on the internet. I was like, this man has revolutionized social distancing. He's got pool noodles to keep people away, Karen. Yeah, I actually think I saw him in Walmart the other day. Um, and, but the first step for us as we are caring for our soul is to turn social distancing into solitude with Jesus. You know, we know that solitude can be helpful. But did you know that it can actually provide the oxygen we need if we're using that time to sort through with God whatever is in our minds and in our hearts? But we have to be intentional. We have to think about our day and plan to carve out some time to spend alone with Daddy. Did you know that even Jesus needed to recharge? I don't know if you ever noticed this in this scripture before. The gospels all talk about the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 with five loaves, two fish. We know that one. But did you ever catch this detail? Look at this. Because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. And that means the disciples. So Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. In other words, after an intense time of stressful ministry, Jesus said, all right, guys, let's get away for a bit and recharge spiritually. It says the disciples didn't even get a chance to eat themselves. They were busy taking care of other people. And Jesus says, come with me, come by yourself 
to a quiet place and get some rest. Do you hear that? Jesus understands where you're at. He understands that a lot of you are doing the job of five teachers every single day. Gym, art, music, math, guidance counselor. And by the way, I just wanna take a minute. Can we make some noise for our teachers in the chat? We love you teachers. You're doing an amazing job of trying to keep our kids engaged and educated. And believe us, we appreciate you now more than ever. But right now, parents, you've got that double duty. You're teaching your kids, trying to entertain them, protect them, keep them from the news, feed them, and you're still trying to do your own jobs. You're tag teaming with your spouse so they can have their Zoom calls and keep their jobs. You see, Jesus gets it. He also worked really hard, but he tried to model a healthy rhythm for the disciples. And that means we should pay attention. Jesus is calling out to us, guys, do the hard work, take care of your families, minister to others, but be sure that you get some time with me. You cannot continue to serve from a deficit. We have to plug our masks into Jesus. He's our oxygen tank. We have to fill up. All through his ministry, Jesus prioritized time alone with his father. Luke says that Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and he prayed. Can I ask, are you doing this? And I hear you, I hear you across the pixels. Karen, I don't get five minutes to myself. My friends with toddlers are screaming right now. They're reminding me, I run to the bathroom just to hide for a little peace. Look, I get it, I get it. But I'll bet if you bribe your child for 10 minutes with Daniel Tiger, get into your room, get on your knees, cry out to your father who loves you, it will be time well spent. You'll feel refreshed and renewed. Remember, Time in solitude with God is not time spent alone. You're with him. Receive this as a gift. God is giving you the time to intentionally withdraw from others so you can be with your daddy. Yes, we're socially distancing, but don't spiritually distance. Social distancing into solitude with Jesus. Change that up. Well, that's step number one, but step number two is similar. After prioritizing your relationship with God, you need to put family first in this season. Guys, you have to emotionally engage and redeem this time together. I'll be honest, when I'm plugged into Zoom for eight hours, it's a little painful when my kids say, hey, dad, when are you done working? <laughs> why, why do you have to work so much? Ouch, that hurts. You know, no one, no one wants their kids to think, you know, they're not important to dad. So Colleen and I, we are being intentional about actually stopping our work to share meals together. We actually check in with each other during the day. We'll take a break. We'll go outside, take a walk together. I throw the football in the yard with my son or I watch TikTok videos with my daughter. That's one of her love languages. Speaking of TikTok, by the way, did you know one of our pastors went viral this week? Our very own pastor, Chris, and his wife, Judy, did something amazing with their daughters. Check this out. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I love to praise Pastor Chris has flow. Can we just hear it? I mean, that's, that's impressive, man. 
parents, it's important you have fun with your family. You know, have dance parties with your daughters. Carve out some time to get on the floor, play with your kids. You know, call grandma and grandpa. Check in with those in your family who are elderly or alone. In a crisis, you put your family first. I want you to look what 1 Timothy 5.8 says. It says, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Did you catch that? The Bible says one of the hallmarks of faith is that family comes first, not just in a crisis actually all the time, but in a crisis especially because there's extra pressure. And guys, if work comes first, if your to-do list comes first, it says we're worse than an unbeliever. So you got to be intentional and creative during this quarantine. I just, I love seeing how creative so many liquid families are being. I see uh, them, you know, shooting hoops in the driveway, getting outside, making a chalk design on the sidewalk. We had a lot of those. There's Pastor Nithin's kids. They're spreading hope all over their neighborhood. The Bishop family spreading joy, man, getting it out there. Guys, I love that. Use the parent prompts that liquid family sends you. Engage with your kids and celebrate milestones with as much normalcy as possible. I know it's different. This week, my son Dell turned 16 years old. And it's like, how, how do you celebrate in a pandemic? So we decorated the kitchen. We baked a cake together, Funfetti. And then our entire family Zoomed in from Florida and San Francisco and Connecticut. And we all sang, you know, happy birthday over Zoom. And of course, you know, most of my, you know, most of them were like, is this on? Can you see me, Dell? He won't forget his 16th birthday. But you take time and intentionally connect as a family. And here's the, the third step. You need to establish a daily routine. Uh, I'll admit at first, it was kind of fun, you know, when I was just like, you know, I, hey, I'm not going to the office, man. I don't got to shower. I don't got to gel all this hair. I don't have to get dressed. I can zoom in my underwear. Let me just encourage you, okay? Shower and get dressed like you're leaving the house for work every day. In fact, you need to try your jeans on just to make sure they fit, okay? I'm just, I'm just giving you a spiritual pro tip here, okay? If you, if you stay in your sweatpants or your pajamas, it will fool you into thinking all is well in the kingdom, okay? And you just go from your desk to the snack cabinet and back. You know, personally, I'm like, I am trying to socially distance from the refrigerator. Put your pajamas on before you go to bed because it helps you transition you from work to sleep. But you gotta actually schedule breaks in your calendar. You've got to actually put stretching into your calendar. It, it, this is, guys, I saw this article in Forbes magazine and listen to the title. Why working from home is so exhausting and how to revigorate. In other words, even companies get this. The stress and tension of sitting there all day, maybe you're looking at a laptop or corralling kids. You know, when you're out and about, at least like at work, you can pop your head into someone's office or, you know, connect to the coffee bar. You catch up face to face. Like when someone's waiting to Zoom the next meeting, you just feel this pressure, I do at least, just to keep pushing on. So you have to be creative for your mental health. Uh, I heard about one of our women's small groups. They actually scheduled a virtual girls' night out. And I've, that's a great idea. I've seen people do a virtual coffee break with others. And um, I actually, my Colleen and I got an invitation to dinner from some friends of ours. They're like, you want to go out to dinner on Friday? I'm like, how's that going to work? And they're like, no, no, no. They said, we'll cook supper separately, but then let's sit down and we'll eat together and we'll talk over FaceTime. They said, well, just like we're going out. And I was like, that's a great idea. You got to establish, guys, a rhythm. You have to find a balance to your work week. You need to start a start time and here's where it ends. Let me encourage you. Don't work late into the night. It, is, it will degrade your soul. You have to give yourself grace during this time, guys. What it might have normally taken you five days to accomplish 
It may spill over in six days. You know what? That's okay. You have to take breaks to pace yourself. Again, remember the metaphor. You have to put on your oxygen mask first if you're going to be helpful to those you love. You have to be healthy emotionally, spiritually, physically. So set a routine and make sure you take walks every day. I'm just going to say this, okay? Even, even though if you don't love the outdoors, you got to get outside, guys. You got to get out in that fresh air. Fill your lungs. See the sky. Look at the green grass. The flowers are, are here. You know, spring has arrived. It feels like hope is coming. Now, personally, and I, I wasn't a big, you know, walk taker, but now I am. <laughs> I take two walks every day. Uh, usually first thing in the morning. Sometimes I'll do at noon, uh, always after dinner with my wife. I always take one walk with my wife, Colleen, because we're both working from home. And you know what? We're both dialed in and she's trying to, you know, run a company and have her business survive. I'm leading the church. And so we actually set our alarm to unplug and we'll grab the dog and say, come here, Dutch. And we'll get a long, we'll take this long walk around the neighborhood. In fact, last week, one day we actually walked eight miles. I was, I was blown away. But it's a time really for us to catch up relationally, exercise physically, and just decompress, you know, emotionally. Now, the second walk I take is typically alone. I always do one all by myself in solitude, like Pastor Karen said. I'll do that in the morning just to spend time with God. And I typically go on a prayer walk in the woods behind our house. There's this trail that actually goes through an arboretum. And sometimes I'll, I'll play worship music. Sometimes I'll just be silent so I can hear from God. Because I want to let you know there's something in this moment about nature that I think is restorational for your soul. Look at the setting of Psalm 23. It says, he makes me lie down where? In Costco. No, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me to the mall. No, he leads me beside quiet waters and it refreshes my soul. God uses nature to connect your soul to Christ. Guys, right now, you and I are surrounded by reports of death and disease 24-7. You got to step outside and remind yourself, my God is good and his world is beautiful. Amen? Say amen if you believe it in the chat. On uh, my walks, I've actually started taking photos with my phone of the beauty all around me because I love it. So I, these are some of my pictures, man. Karen, look at this. I took pictures of magnolia blooms. They, it was incredible. Absolutely gorgeous this week, man. I saw this small field of wildflowers. I'm like getting up in there and taking pictures. The tulips are springing up. I like, I love that stuff, but I'm actually slowing down, step away from the screen and dial in here. You know, and so it's a really beautiful moment. I, I think this is, this is something for you. Take, take your dog with you. Those of you who are dog lovers. I took my dog. He goes running down that path, you know, chasing squirrels. But spring reminds us. It's God's way of saying, guess what? New life is coming. And it will help center your soul daily. And it will connect you with your creator. You know, a friend of mine actually bragged. He said, oh, Tim, I haven't left my house for four days. Four days straight. He said, I have too much work. I didn't even step foot out in the yard. Guys, can I just tell you? Not good, not good. Your soul needs oxygen and so do your emotions. That's step number four, Karen. That's right. I think this is really critical because especially as Christians, I think we're afraid sometimes of our feelings and our emotions. But right now, we want you to befriend your emotions. That's because when we're in crisis, it's easy for us to ignore or even neglect our feelings. We have feelings of exhaustion, of fear, of anger, of sadness. We numb out or we stream movies to distract ourselves. Um, I found this quote by C.S. Lewis uh, this week that I thought was so good. No one ever told me that grief felt so like fear. I'm not afraid, 
but the sensation is like being afraid. The same fluttering in the stomach, the same restlessness, the yawning. I keep on swallowing. I don't know about you, but I'm not really an anxious person, but I've had this fluttering in my stomach. Right now, I know so many of us are feeling grief, loss, sadness, anger. And you know what? It's healthy for us to lament. Just last week, Pastor Tim taught us how angry Jesus himself was at death. Do you remember how Jesus reacted to the death of Lazarus? Tears and anger. He was sad and grief-stricken that his close friend had gotten sick and died. Jesus wept, but he also got angry, angry at death. Jesus wasn't afraid of emotions, even the messy ones like grief and pain. In fact, look at this. In Isaiah, it, uh, he tells us that Jesus was a man of suffering, familiar with pain, acquainted with grief. Guys, Jesus never stuffed or denied his feelings. He brought them to Abba in prayer. And so we have to do the same thing. We have to learn how to befriend our emotions. We have to learn how to reflect on the state of our soul and not just react to that. Um, you may do that through prayer. Maybe you like to journal and you're writing all of those down. It's important for you to connect. What are you sad about? What are you angry about? The Bible calls it pouring out our heart to God. Take a look at what Psalm 62 tells us. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. You have to pour out your heart. Bring the real you, the inner you, which includes your emotions to God to process. If we don't pro process those, they get buried. We don't realize this though. Those feelings are alive and they will come out, I promise you. Days later, months later, even as Tim Keller told us, years later. It can come out as depression, numbness, anger. If we fail to recognize our emotion, or worse, if we just ignore them, it's worse than being deaf or being blind. Because now we're just existing, we're going through the motions. Our families won't be able to connect with us, we're numb. And that's an easy way to go into a mode of reacting, not reflecting. The point right now is for you to get in touch with those feelings so you're not ruled by them. We wanna be ruled by the Spirit of God and bring them to Christ so that He can help us sort through those. I love Pete Scazzera, I heard him the other day. He talked about feelings being like kids in the family car on vacation. Sounds bad already, right? Um, he says you can't put those feelings in the driver's seat. You can't stuff them in the trunk. You have to listen to them, manage them, care for them, and at times put boundaries around them. I just love that. You know why? It helps us understand those feelings. If we put them in the driver's seat, they're controlling us, right? They have total control over where we're headed. You can't stuff them in the back seat. I've left milk in my trunk. It doesn't smell so good. That goes toxic. Instead, you need to listen to those feelings, manage them, care about them. This is going to bring your whole self, the inner you, to God for the sake of others. Your kids need an emotionally healthy mom. Your wife needs an emotionally in-tune husband. This isn't navel-gazing. That's not what we're saying. It's saying, be your best so others have your best. You know, Pastor Tim said before, reading the Psalms is super helpful. And we believe that right now, looking at the Psalms of David, they're important because he was an amazing feeler. His psalms are prayers that express distress, grief, lament, 
And in fact, did you know Jesus prayed the Psalms on the cross? It was his prayer book. I highly recommend to you right now a devotional on the Psalms by Tim Keller called The Songs of Jesus. It is a rich, rich volume. One, of the thing, one third of our Psalms are lamentations that express our emotions to God. The Psalms bring our theology and our prayer together. I guarantee reading a Psalm every day during this crisis will be a great way for you to connect with your own heart and then offer your true self to the heart of Abba. Now look, you may be saying, wow, Karen, you're so spiritual. No, we're saying we want you to escape sometimes. We get that. You wanna watch a movie, a favorite Netflix show, and that's cool. And we're saying, go ahead and escape. Well, I would give a little caution there. I would say escape, but use discernment. Guys, I get it. <laughs> Tiger King is a great escape, right? I mean, come on. Joe Exotic is something special, okay? And uh, just for the record, just so you know, I, I think Carol Baskin did it. She's a stone cold killer. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I, I feel like Netflix had this show ready. It was like the bullet in the chamber and they were like just waiting to release it. It's like when coronavirus hit, Netflix was like, release the Tiger King. <laughs> you know, we all need to kind of escape reality from time to time. But I just want to caution you as your pastor, be careful what you fill your mind with. In Philippians 4, the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What's Paul's point? You have to monitor your mind. In other words, limit your media intake while you're at home. You've got to use discernment, guys. When you escape to binge watch shows, and, and I get it, some, our family, does, we love The Office, you know, we just, we just watch Unorthodox. I, I get it, but you have to be careful what Netflix is feeding you. Some escape is fine, but let me just encourage you to watch redemptive shows and movies and read books, ones that actually fill your soul with hope and faith, not just, you know, murder and mayhem and darkness and evil and depression. You have to limit your news intake, okay? You want to stay informed, but not overwhelmed. A lot of times I'll watch the news, you know, at night and I can't watch it for more than 30 minutes because my dreams start getting dark. But I, I, I want to wake up. I want to keep my spirit up and positive. I want to keep my oxygen mask on so I can speak life and share hope with others. And I just want to challenge you again. You know, you may even want to take a day this week to fast from social media. You guys remember that digital detox we did? Even unplugging from social media one day a week will renew your mind. Paul says, I want you to think about things that are excellent and lovely and pure and worthy of praise. So use discernment, guys. When you feel pain, understand Jesus wants to be the one to comfort you. When you're binging, when you're binge watching, binge eating, binge drinking, binging anything, you're just numbing your need for Christ because you're running from how you really feel. What's the point? You can't choose your emotions during the pandemic, but you can choose how you respond to them. Bible says meditate on things that are full and remind you of your father's love and hope and faith and, and give grace to yourself. Don't create this like hostile psychological environment where, you know, you're critical of yourself and I should have done better today. Or, don't be harsh. You want to be strong for those around you, but give grace to yourself. You know, draw grace from Jesus when you're tempted to escape and take it one day at a time. Pastor Karen, tell us about this final principle of daily manna. 
I love this one because I think this is a principle I teach with those who uh, already are struggling with anxiety. Uh, do you remember in Exodus 16 when God's people were in the wilderness, they had nothing to eat. God gave Israel manna from heaven. It was literally miracle bread. Listen to this. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. But here's the catch, guys. The bread was only good for 24 hours. If they tried to hoard it overnight so they wouldn't have to be dependent on God, the manna rotted with maggots. That's why we pray, give us this day our daily bread. What's the point? God gives you enough bread for one day at a time, just one day at a time. In a crisis, this shows us, we know right now it's impossible to know the future. We don't know what's coming next. How long is it going to last? When will things get back to normal? What is normal anyway? That's okay. God says, I can give you enough strength, wisdom, and grace for today. Please, please take it one day at a time. Don't worry about next week, the week after that. Depend on God for what you need today. Guys, I don't know if you know it, God is growing your trust and dependence on him. And that's a good thing. By taking it one day at a time, you're actually drawing boundaries around your worry. You know what Jesus said? Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, there's a load of things that we can be worrying about. The pandemic, the economy, our families, it'll all amplify our anxiety if we let it. That's why we have to embrace the manna principle. Jesus says, don't borrow worry from tomorrow. Take Abba's hand and trust him for today. God will give you enough manna, enough strength and stamina for today. And then you can ask him for more tomorrow. That's what it looks like to put your oxygen mask on on a daily basis. And guys, we want to help you do that this week. So our team has something special. We're actually starting on Monday. Every weekday at 12 noon, our liquid pastors are going to host something called liquid lunch. Now, it's, it's not that kind of liquid lunch. Like, oh, okay, people, you know, Karen, people are like, oh, quarantinis. <laughs> liquid lunch is a daily devotional that we're going to have on Facebook Live hosted by our liquid pastors so that you can feed your faith in the middle of the day. It's really just a chance to spiritually check in every day at lunchtime with our pastors. They will share a short scripture reading. They're going to share a reflection. And then we're going to pause for prayer together. And we put it smack dab in the middle of the day, 12 o'clock noon, so that you can unplug from Zoom. You can kind of plug into prayer and breathe. Put on your oxygen mask. Let our pastors give you a word from God and just feed your soul. And we'll actually pray for you live right in the middle of the day. So bring your lunch this Monday. I'm going to kick it off 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, Facebook Live. It's only 20 minutes long, but join me for liquid lunch, all right? Uh, it's our prayer, guys, that you won't just survive this pandemic, but that you will actually thrive during it. You know, in a lot of ways, this quarantine, it could just be endured or it can be redeemed. You get to choose. You didn't choose this crisis. We have no choice, but you do have a choice in how you handle it, how you handle your soul. Will you feed your faith? Will you draw close to Jesus? 
Put your family first. Befriend your feelings. Because guys, a healthy you is what those you love need the most. Remember, you got to put on your own oxygen mask first. And you know what? When we reemerge, and mark my words, we will reemerge, we will recover. In four weeks, four months from now, when we reemerge from our homes, I want you to imagine venturing out and actually feeling rested, at peace, closer to God, and connected with those you love. Guys, this is an opportunity. This pandemic is a chance to grow spiritually strong in the Lord and stronger as His church. And just know that we are here for you as a church. We are praying for your families. We are asking Jesus every day to protect, to heal, to strengthen and comfort every single one of us. So Pastor Karen, would you come and close us in prayer? I would love to. Father God, Daddy, I just want to praise you that you make us lie down in green pastures, that you restore our souls. Lord, you are the air that we breathe. We love you so much, Lord God. And I am praying right now for all of my brothers and sisters, all those who are listening to this today, Lord God. I am praying that you would come close to them. Remind them that you love them with an everlasting love, that they're not alone. Time spent alone with you, they're not alone. You're with them, Lord God. You promise that you will never leave us, never forsake us. And so, Daddy, teach us. Teach us how to connect with you, whether it's in nature, whether it's unplugging from our screens, playing games with our family. Lord, whatever that is, be our oxygen, Lord God. Help us. We want to thrive through this crisis. We love you so much, Lord God, and we commit everyone to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Guys, we love you. Thanks for being with us. God bless you.